Welcome to the Alchemize Your Life podcast. On this episode, we explore why every spiritual person should have fuck you money, as exemplified by Elon Musk taking over Twitter. It is literally your spiritual duty to lean into this. Hi, I'm Cian Kenshin. And I'm Sophie Ma. And we're here to alchemize your life. In this podcast, we show you how to apply the principles of spirituality, prosperity, and sexuality to create true and lasting transformations in your life and business. Join us at the Prism Institute of Quantum Alchemy as we explore the ancient, esoteric teachings of Buddhism, Tantra, Hermetics, and more. As we weave these primal energies together within ourselves, we repair the fractured consciousness of humanity itself. Join us in liberating the world and realizing that the gold is in you. Oh my god, Elon Musk is in the news again. Isn't he like always in the news? I thought he was like a, a standard news staple at this point. Well, he certainly knows how to curate attention and uh, cause people anxiety. Curating attention, what an interesting way of phrasing it, to curate attention. Yeah, and you know, he actually just proved what we've been saying all along about having money and using that to change the world and that it's about time for good people to have good money. Yeah, I'm really, really excited to dive into this. My like little investigative reporter came out entirely. So guys, we've got some like really cool stats and information for you today. Oh my God, we rabbit hole on this so hard. While we were driving nine hours across the state of Texas. So if you're on the edge of your seat, what really just happened is Elon Musk just became the largest single shareholder of his favorite platform, Twitter. Okay, so now before you go and turn this off, because those of you that are here for spiritual information about money are like, why the flying fuck do I care about Space Boy and Twitter? I get it. And probably most of you aren't even on Twitter. Maybe you are. Let us know if you are, if I'm wrong. But this is really, really, really important. This is proving a really important point that we have been telling you guys like for eternity, I think. It's actually, it's actually a principle. It's not even a point. It's like... If you want to change a system, you have to act upon it from the outside. Mm -hmm. And if you want to act upon a system from the outside, you need a power to do so. Mm -hmm. And so this is really relevant to those of you that have been seeing, you know, witnessing the world for the last few years or maybe the last couple of decades, depending on, on how long you've been awake for. And you've been desiring to make massive transformation, massive change in this world and impact not just yourself, but actually have a say in like, what is our future going to look like? And I know if you're listening to this podcast that those things are important to you. You're listening to this not just because you want to uplevel your own mindset and you want to have your own inner alchemy, but you want that because you want to have alchemy for the rest of the planet. And you want to see the world that your kids live in or your kids' kids be better than the one that we have right now. And you want to change the lives of your family and your friends. And like, as you level up, you want to bring all of these people with you. Yeah. So you have these amazing good intentions about how you want to transform the world. And this one thing that Elon Musk has just proven is exactly why we've been telling you that your money mindset is the reason you cannot make these transformations. 
Let us explain. Now, a lot of us over the last two years, we'll say, have been complaining about censorship. Yeah. Censorship, not in just the normal media, but now it's the, the, the little gremlin has gotten its head into all of our social media, mm-hmm. you know, where we, well, you know, while we're all isolated, it's the main form of communication for a lot of us. Mm-hmm. And many people don't know, although many of you who do listen here do know the fact that those feeds that we see are curated and now censored. And it's not just the feeds on Facebook. Let's just say we'll pick on, you know, meta, Facebook, whatever you want to call it, or the feeds on Instagram. It's also what's able to get sent in your DMs. So they actually also censor the types of links and the types of content that you can send in your DMs. Now, this is a problem, including also in WhatsApp, by the way, I've also had this happen in WhatsApp. This is a problem because for many, many people around the world, Facebook Messenger is their main form of communication, and it's considered by them to be a private channel. Now, whether it is or not, it obviously isn't. But for them, this is like the equivalent of censoring a text message to your best friend. So it's not even just censorship that's happening on the grand scheme of what people are able to say and do on a large, like what's going in your feed, but even just what you would send to your best friend over a text message is also being censored. And we've seen this in Facebook. And then recently, while we were still in Costa Rica, we saw this unveiling with Twitter. We saw it unveiling with YouTube. We saw it unveiling with Google. Even Telegram, you know? Yeah. Like Telegram just uh, banned Russia, right, from from their, uh, their platform. And whether you agree or not, like, we're not going to get into the, you know, the war. The the nuances of who or what or why. The fact of the matter is that there are people who are being censored and deplatformed. And entire countries. Entire countries being censored. And all of the innocent people within that country. Yeah, yeah. So, like, people who are not even involved are just, are losing their access to these, like, valuable tools not not even just valuable but no, like, like completely necessary absolutely necessary tools like if you want to interact with people and businesses in a lot of the world we've found out you need instant messenger yeah. platforms and so for all of that to be taken away is like is quite a, a hindrance for people and for it to be taken away but then also for messages to just not be received and you not even to know that the other person hasn't received it yeah. right when yeah. we're talking about direct messages and, and, you know, like, oh, everyone's like, oh, well, you know, like, there's some bad guys out there, like, you know, we're trying to, like, stop terrorists and money launderers. And I'm like, well, let's just look at this example with Elon, mm-hmm. right? What what actually happened right before he uh, went and bought Twitter? Well, back, I think it was in February, February, yeah, February 17th? Se- 17th, yeah. Yeah, so around February 17th, he tweeted, and maybe this is in bad form, but, you know, we're not talking about form we're talking about you know safety and security and terrorists and stuff and like trying to stop these sort of things with censorship well elon musk who's clearly not a terrorist yeah um was making a political commentary on canada's prime minister and mm-hmm. compared him to a uh an old german leader from yeah. before the second world war um whom people do not like very much. Yeah. And, you know, let's just say it's absolutely his right to make such a comparison. Mm-hmm. Uh, comedians do it all the time. Yeah. You see stuff like that all over think places like SNL and et cetera. 
And, you know, within a couple of hours, he presumably deleted the tweet. The tweet disappeared and there was a <laughs> note that the owner had removed it or the author had been had removed it. But let's be honest here. Elon Musk is a self-proclaimed self-free uh, speech absolutist. So the chances of him willingly deleting a tweet are pretty freaking slim. Well, and what, what did he say about free speech absolutism? Yeah, well, he called himself a free speech absolutist back when um, I think his exact phrasing was that a government agency that was not Ukraine was pressuring him with Starlink to censor Russia. Oh, right. And he said no. And that was in uh, February as well. That I was think. also in February. Yeah. Yeah, so so like so we're starting to see like how much pressure the uh, the governmental infrastructure is placing on people like Elon to quote toe the party line as they would say in China, mm -hmm. um, and he's just having none of it, mm -hmm. you know, and he's actually, I think, quite intelligently displaying that by making very inflammatory tweets and then having them uh, disappear. And let's just be clear here. So if we go back in time now, Elon has had a history since like, you know, I, we went back to 2018 of posting basically whatever is on his mind. And this has included everything from suggestions that there should be tunnels built throughout California to get rid of the congestion. And then he started a company that does exactly that um, to, you know, musing that maybe his own company might go private. I think every CEO is allowed to talk about that to, you know, musing on, on what he thinks about crypto. And in all of those cases, he has get, gotten a lot of governmental pressure from the SEC in particular to remove tweets, to stop tweeting. He has been um, dragged through the courts since 2018, recently subpoenaed in March again of this year because the SEC is telling him that he has to have all of his tweets related to Tesla reviewed by lawyers before he's allowed to tweet anything. Not, not just related to Tesla, all his tweets. Oh, all his tweets. All his tweets have okay. to be reviewed by Tesla lawyers. By Tesla lawyers. And and the subpoena was to actually like check on their compliance with that. To see if they've actually been doing it. Because it's very clear that that's not the case. Right. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe they are reviewed, but they're not. But he's... Then his lawyers are on his side, then, so they're like, or, we'll have or fun. he's just like, okay, have fun reviewing it. I'm posting it. You know, yeah. like you can review it after I post. Yeah. <laughs> like I don't, I don't know what's going on there, but obviously a lawyer wouldn't recommend that he does that sort of thing. So essentially, we have um, a storyline of an outspoken, um, maybe even like a bit of a political dissenter. You know, he's he's obviously really challenging the way that government is doing things. These things are normally in a open democracy, a very good thing. This is why we have the concept of free speech. And it's an important underpinning that is a requirement for a functioning proper democracy. If you do not have free speech, you do not have democracy. So we have somebody here that is like touting the democracy flag that is just speaking his free will. Sometimes it's political, sometimes it's not. And then we have all of these government agencies, the SEC, and then who knows who else, that are actively punishing him, dragging him through the courts, trying to censor him, subpoenaing him for th something that was four years ago. And you basically get this vision of like the big schoolyard bully trying to throw their weight around to somebody that's talking about something that they don't like. And the question is, is that truly democracy?
Well, it can't possibly be democracy because one of the foundations of democracy is freedom of speech. Mm -hmm. And I think it was actually Elon who, who suggested that places like Twitter are essentially um, an open forum. They're essentially the modern day mar marketplace or market square. I think he called it town square. Town hall. Yeah. Town, town yeah. And so like having some government authority capable of curating that narrative and that that discussion so that it's only one-sided i.e our party line you can mm -hmm. only talk about these things it actually debases the foundation of democracy yeah which isn't the point of today but it's it's a I think a lot of people would agree a bad thing, mm -hmm. right? And so what we have is we have Elon who's like, hey, I want to change the system. I'm trying to change the system. I'm trying to do good in the mm -hmm. world. And I'm consistently being met against these restrictions and against these challenges. And the government isn't allowing me to move forward. So the, we have the rise of authoritarianism. Exactly. As quoted by Edward Snowden. Mm -hmm. Edward Snowden in 2018 actually said based off of the censorship that's happening in Facebook and Twitter and, and all of these things, we have built the foundational infrastructure of authoritarianism. Mm -hmm. And fast forward to today, and that's absolutely what we're seeing. A thousand percent. You know, and that's probably why Elon was making that comparison of Justin Trudeau to an authoritarian, mm -hmm. right? So I think that we've we've really like shot ourselves in the foot with this kind of technology mm -hmm. and like you say elon has recognized that this is a great threat to humanity yeah and he's been trying to make this transformation and trying to make this change from the inside of the system trying to play by the rules and here's the thing like we opened this podcast and seeing you you quote this all the time i think you got this from your mba yeah you cannot change a system from the inside not possible. It's literally not possible. And how many of us are sitting around at home watching the things that we don't like happen to our lives, to our families' lives, to our friends' lives, seeing our futures rapidly change to what we do not wish for ourselves or our kids or the world at large. And we're trying to resist or make changes or or maybe we're just complacent but ideally you're you're at least considering like okay i want to make this world better i'm going to try and make a difference but we're trying to do it from the inside of the system and we're trying to do it from an old operating mindset from an old paradigm mindset that is the mindset that got us stuck there in the first place so not only are we physically in the system but we're also mentally in the system yeah yeah like like this, this is the thing is like spirituality helps you break free from the matrix, right? It puts mm. you on that path of like mentally and, and, and eventually physically breaking free from the system so that you can operate on, on the outside of it. The challenge and the corruption that's been injected into spirituality as, as we see it uh, is that when people hit the green level of consciousness, which is where you start to have this sort of pluralistic mindset of like, we are all one and you know like we should all like hold hands and hug trees and like and don't get me wrong i'm not saying these things are bad but i'm saying there is a shadow when we get into that when we break free from the rational materialist mindset and that shadow is that we begin to view money and exchange mm -hmm. as negative 
Yeah, we really push away all of like corporate structure in a lot of cases, right? Yeah, hierarchy as yeah. well. It's not just money; it's also hierarchy. Yeah, and you see, you see, I, I see a lot of spiritual people who have pushed away structure, mm-hmm. who have pushed away hierarchy, who have pushed away money, and they're trying to run a spiritual business to change the world. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how are you going to do that if you can't scale yourself? How do you scale yourself by creating a hierarchy, a structure? And how do you scale your ability to affect change in this world is through money. Mm-hmm. So what we saw, and we saw, guys, I mean, you guys know we've been all over the world at this point. Well, all over the Americas, I guess, more correctly. So we've been through Tulum. We've, we've really resonated and, and connected with spiritual entrepreneurs there. We've connected with spiritual entrepreneurs in Costa Rica. We've even been connecting with a lot of them over in Miami in the in the crypto space and some in L.A. Uh, and, and certainly here in Austin as well. And here's the thing this is this is pervasive it is literally pervasive almost every single like almost every single spiritual entrepreneur that we met that has a massive vision for this planet like they all have beautiful visions for a world that is going to be incredible and they cannot come to fruition because they're so busy fighting against the system that they're not taking the time to build their own actual system. They're so busy pushing away money that they can't actually even feed themselves, never mind start a world-changing company that's actually going to have impact or pushing away structure. Everybody's equal, therefore I can't lead anything. And this is a challenge because you can't grow your company without vision and the vision comes from you. So if you're not going to hierarchy yourself, how do you you get your voice heard? How How do you magnify yourself? And then how do you get people on board with your vision if you don't have resources to to like make that effect felt you know and elon is demonstrating very very explicitly how to do that Mm -hmm. and that you know what having money is not about buying cars and things I mean, it can be, like, but it's about so much more than it's that. It's about so much more than that. It's about affecting change in the world. You know, our our um, coach and mentor, uh, Elijah, talks about, you know, like, well, isn't it time for good people to have good money? Like, you know, when when we all complain about like, oh, you know, all those lobbyists are corrupting the politicians and blah, 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 blah. Well, the real problem is that the lobbyists are working for bad people who have corporations money, and associations right? that have large amounts of right? money. They have a big bat to swing. They, they have, yeah. And they have their own agendas. And it's like, then you, you can contrast that with spiritual people who do want to genuinely help the world. And I believe this, and I talked to so many people who really do, but then they're not hiring lobbyists. They're not, no, they're trying, so busy they're pushing affecting, away money, they couldn't. Yeah, they're not affecting change in the world. And then you see somebody like Elon, who's, you know, he he has his spiritual beliefs, and those aren't really ne- uh, relevant here, but he believes in humanity. He believes in protecting humanity from threats. Mm-hmm. Tesla, SpaceX, both of those are about protecting us from the threats of climate change. Or, and Starlink, right? Right. Star- right. Um, Starlink's even protecting us against the threat of centralized internet, mm-hmm. which authoritarians would make use of, right? Mm-hmm. Which they're already trying to, you know, trying to censor Starlink, right? Like, and now he looks at, t- at Twitter and he's like, wow, you know, this is such a great tool for world leaders to communicate, for like CEOs to communicate, for all sorts of people to communicate. And... It's just being destroyed 
by the authoritarian agenda Mm -hmm. and like if we can't freely communicate what can we do you know like like even donald trump an ex-president of the united states has been deplatformed off twitter you know and if they get that guy like there's there's no holds barred yeah right yeah just think about the implications there like you know regardless of how you feel about donald trump not relevant here. I have my own judgments about the guy. Yeah, like we don't like we're not, we don't like the guy either, right? We've got our questions. So that's not the point here. The point is, an ex-president of the largest economy in the entire world has been deplatformed from a social media tool because someone said so. Yeah, like just let that land. Yeah. So every time we change governments now, we're gonna like be able to attack the the previous guys, so they can never like come back. Yeah. So you know, it's like then we switch over to Republican, and there goes Biden's Twitter account or Hillary Clinton's Twitter account. Like, th- guys, this is not good for humanity. This is not the way it's meant to work. And the point here is not necessarily to get into a deep dive around free speech, but to to highlight the challenges that Elon Musk has witnessed and experienced and been subject to for the last four years. And what did he do about it? He didn't start. He didn't complain. He didn't complain. He didn't, you know, post on Twitter. Oh, I'm getting, you know, I'm getting limited. I'm getting deplatformed, blah, blah, blah. You didn't see that, which is what I see a lot in the spiritual community, especially those of us that are in the sacred sexuality movement is just, oh, this, I got shadow banned for this. I got shadow banned for that. Bitching on the platform. You got shadow banned. Doesn't do a fucking thing. Get your head out of your ass well, and do no, something that will actually no one, change it. No one sees that message. Right? And nobody even sees it anyways, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, and so this is the thing. You'd, and you didn't see him starting a poll. You didn't see him making like a, what are those like those things that you can sign to like petition the government to make a petition. Ch- a petition. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. you. You didn't see him creating an online petition. No, he said, you know what? I'm going to go buy this company. I'm just going to buy them. Yeah. Because this is what fuck you money does. Yeah, I'm going to make them pay attention to me because I believe, and this is what he said, I believe that Twitter has a foundational principle and abide by free speech principles. Yeah. And he actually released a poll about that. He's like, um, do you believe that Twitter is abiding by free speech principles? And get, he has 75 million followers. 70% of the people who responded to that said no. Seven zero percent. Yeah. Said this is not a fair so, free speech platform. So, you know, that is telling in itself. And that sent like a shock through Twitter's board. Mm-hmm. Um, their CEO, uh, who was also under pressure from the government for more censorship and, and was really trying to manage it, was just like, I can't. He actually stepped he, down he in he November. He resigned in November, put the... Uh, CTO in charge mm-hmm. who uh, Elon knew through some board other board connections the CTO guy I think uh, no he knew e- Egon Durban oh one of the other investors yeah yeah well this this CTO is all about Twitter needs to be free free speech decentralization users need to have control over what algorithm is selecting the tweets that they see and just imagine how that would change censorship if if you you could choose your algorithm if you want censorship turn it on yeah right cool great that you know that's your right you don't want to see that stuff 
Go ahead, censor yourself,、mm -hmm. but do not force your ideals of censorship on others,、mm -hmm. right? And this is like foundational, like the fabric of our society is、yeah. our right to choose and to freely express ideas to those who want to hear them.、Mm -hmm. So Elon's doing a huge job to protect this, and it seems like the conditions are right at Twitter's board.、Um, I, there's definitely stuff going on in the background.、There. Oh yeah, we never have the full story up based on what's on the news, right? right? <laughs> so, so, so the CTO gets in, and he's all about cryptocurrency, decentralization of Twitter, user self control over over the algorithms, and then Elon gets into another scuffle with the SEC, oh,、uh, largely over this tweet about the Canadian Prime Minister, yeah, and then like. A couple weeks later, he is the proud owner of almost ten percent of the company, which makes him the single largest、uh, owner of the company. He owns way more shares; like nobody can even come close to him. So, do you think the SEC is going to be able to force Twitter to silence him now? They can't, and he's on the board now too. So he bought the shares in March. They announced that the shares were purchased,、he's, and then in April he joined the board. He's on the board, and there's an environment at the board level of wanting to exemplify freedom of speech principles, yeah, and decentralization, which actually might mean that Twitter might not be U.S. based for very long. That's actually,、right? I mean, yeah, we're we're extrapolating there, but it's definitely super possible. Totally. And, and like so, so when a, this is what happens is like when authoritarians arise, people find a way around it,、mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And so for those of you that are wanting to find a way around it, this is your like your call to action, your invitation. The way that you do that is by using the tools of the system to exert force from outside the system.、Mm -hmm. You must, you absolutely must accumulate the kind of wealth. Where you are able to affect shock on the system, where you're able to affect changes on the system, whether that's getting a bunch of people together and you know paying a lobbyist so that they can、uh, lobby on your behalf in parliament, or funding certain politicians that you're a fan of, or just outright buying the companies if you're Elon Musk and you're the richest man in the world. Yeah, we're not saying you have to become a billionaire, but what we are saying is you need like ammunition. Yeah, in your in your sort of ammo box, I guess, <laughs> in your tool belt, you, you need you need tools available, and money is just a tool, guys. Yeah, you know, it's not inherently evil. It's not inherently good. It is how it is used. If you use it for good, which we know you will, then it 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 creates good. The problem is that good people have rejected money. Yeah. Because it's been used for evil against them, and they project the problem onto the tool instead of the hand wielding it. Yeah. So let's dial this back. And like I know we've been talking about Elon, and it's like really easy to say, okay, well I'm never going to be a billionaire that's going to be able to like buy stock in Facebook or Twitter. So like, how am I going to be able to make this transformation? Let's dial this back to just like regular everyday life. You are a hundred percent owned by your salary. Mm -hmm. And if you don't have at least three income streams, that is absolutely true. I don't care what you say. The person that pays your salary, they own you. And we did a podcast episode about、uh, golden handcuffs and the new form of slavery.、Mm -hmm. I don't remember what episode it was.、Mm -hmm. It was in the early days of this podcast. You guys can go back and check. But the salient point here, what's important for you guys to recognize, is whoever pays your bills 
is the person who is deciding your viewpoints and what you do. And this might seem like a bit of a stretch, but here's the question. For the average person listening to this, if your salary stopped coming in tomorrow, how long would you survive? Yeah, so any any threat to that basically means you subjugate your own will to the will of the person who has the who holds the threat. And guys, this has happens subconsciously because mm-hmm. your survival instinct will always, let me say that again, always always override your rational mind. Because it's trying to keep your meat sack in this world. And that ability or that fear of, okay, well, if I lose my job, like I don't have enough savings to even go a full month and pay all my bills. Like I'm screwed or I can't take care of my family or whatever the case might be. If you don't have any kind of buffer and you don't have multiple income streams, that means that the person that is paying your bank account subconsciously is completely and and truly controlling you and has golden handcuffs over your thoughts, over your views, over the way you express. Don't even get me started on nurses or teachers who are like, that's even worse. But just like your regular Joe Blow, um, me working in cor- in tech and corporate, you working in tech and corporate, like we had golden handcuffs because we had one income stream. And if that money was gone, well, I did, you didn't, I guess. I, as soon as I recognized that principle, I started building my other income streams. That's yeah. why I started businesses. That's why I bought real estate. That's why I like, I took a good chunk of my salary and I pivoted it towards other ventures. Mm-hmm. And I took a good chunk of my time Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I pivoted it towards other ventures. Like if you're ever on one of my wealth mindset masterclasses, what are we calling it now? Money magic. Money magic masterclass. Um, you'll you'll hear the story of how I figured out that working harder was actually detrimental and that made people hate me. Mm-hmm. And so I stopped. I started working just as hard as everyone else, which gave me a lot of free time, made people like me. And then I pivoted all that free time towards getting myself out of the job mm-hmm. investing yeah. in yourself yeah. and even if you like your job like some of you you know if you're a nurse or a teacher or you're doing something that you really enjoy we're not saying hey go like you have to go be a freelancer but we're saying that in order f- two things first in order for you to affect the kind of change that you want to make in this world you absolutely must rewire your money mindset to one that allows you to have large amounts of money coming in that's a- an absolute necessity this is what we teach this is what yeah. we teach yeah Um, And number two, if all of that money is coming from one place, then you are susceptible and you need to open your mindset as again, mindset to multiple income streams coming in from multiple places. A, your money's going to grow a lot faster that way. But B, that means that you are not susceptible to any one person pushing you in a certain direction or any government agency or your boss or whatever, just the general societal flow having control over your stability and your security because your salary is just one of several streams in which income can flow into you. Yeah, so so in summary, good people like you need good money to do good things in this world. If you're hating on money, you probably need to look at that yeah. and discover the deeper reasons as to why because it is not inherently evil. It is just a tool, just like a hammer. And if you choose to build a house or remove or take down a house, right, you can use it for demolition or you can use it for building. It's still just a hammer. And it's time for spiritual people to start building a new world. Yeah. Instead of leaving the world building to the muggles. Mm-hmm. It's time to change the world, guys. Got to do it with money.
We are so grateful that you decided to hit play on today's episode. If anything in this episode has inspired you or helped you transform your life, make sure to let others know by sharing a review on Spotify or iTunes so we can keep our community growing. We absolutely adore giving away free gifts. Send us a screenshot of your review to team at theprism.org to receive a special meditation from us as a gift of gratitude. We absolutely cannot wait to connect with you in the next episode. Between now and then, don't forget to visit our website at theprism.org. And remember, the goal is always in you.